0: Before we start today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partners at TRIO. Don't wait. Be ready and connect with TRIO. FAFSA applications are now open. The sooner you apply, the higher chances you have of receiving the full grant. The TRIO staff at Governor State University are the perfect people to help. TRIO can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. TRIO can provide fee waivers for admissions applications, assist with the admission application processes, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. TRIO provides various avenues for career exploration as well as resume interview preparation. TRIO can also help you understand and complete your FAFSA application. If you're ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact TRIO at 708 708- for more information or visit their website at www.govst.edu forward slash T-R-I-O-E-O-C. On today's episode of the I'm Fine podcast, we are going to talk about being freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional about starting over. We're going to talk about times in life where we have started over, what transitioning out of the military felt like, and how you can start right back from square one this year in 2024 with our friend, co-owner of Beacon Training Group and Wild Hearts Farm and United States Marine, Craig Zellhart. Welcome to the I'm Fine podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. Happy 2024. Happy 2024. New Year's? Yeah. 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 Yeah, You? So I just felt, I think, a little overstimulated Hmm. as a whole from the entire fucking year, dude. Like, it's just, it's go, go, go for me a lot. And you know that. Oh, yeah. So, like, for New Year's this year, uh, Ashley and I got a sitter to watch the kids. And luckily, our sitter's amazing. And she stayed the night and ashley and i got a hotel we brought our xbox and we just hung out nice like olds like we used to do before kids we just like spent time with each other that's how we want that's how i wanted to spend the new year i love being around people i love my friends i love my family but like you know sometimes i just you know i just want to spend some time with my wife and, and i knew that the busier that i get the more that i uh forget that sometimes. Yeah. And so I wanted to make a point to do that. And so I really enjoyed being able to do that. You know what I mean? That sounds awesome. Yeah, man. What about you?
1: Yeah, we just went to uh, Kristen's house. Yeah. Just just had a hung out. Yeah. Had a good time.
0: I like uh, doing things with like our fat family. Oh, yeah. Just because the precedent is set like the expectations are just fucking do not just wear whatever you want to wear and just show like, up just show up <laughs> yeah. hang out don't worry about it like it's very accepting oh yeah and so it's like for me now like i got invited to some new year's parties new year's eve new year's eve parties which is really cool and i always appreciate it. it's always good to feel invited uh, and and belong like you belong to something or a group of friends or whatever but like sometimes when it's like a nicer party or whatever i'm just like man i don't want to go through all that shit like (laughs) like dressing (laughs) up and "Ah, yeah always sometimes i'm just like sometimes i'm in the mood sometimes i'm like i just want to fucking chill right now yeah you know what i mean absolutely so i think that that's a lot of fun uh so for the first episode of 2024 you know we started this podcast in 2022 2022 and it's 2024 my friend look at us look at us chugging along i was man. just thinking that
1: before we started recording actually i was going to say something but i couldn't figure out the math very well i'm
0: not that <laughs> kind of asian
1: what do you mean what kind of math <laughs> i was trying to look at, i was like is this year three or year two we're going on we started just, in
0: 2022 and it's 2024 then that means that we've been doing this for like 30 years i think 37 sounds right yeah i don't have an I mean, if you round up We round up. We round up to the nearest thirty seventh. Yeah. Then we've been doing this for thirty seven years. Look at us go! It feels like it's it. It feels like that sometimes. It really does. We've been doing this for a little while, and I always tell you how much I enjoy recording days, and I really hope it. I hope it it comes out that way when we're talking. And again, closing the year last year, we're getting closer and closer to ten thousand total views downloads. You know, it. I really hope that our listeners understand how much we appreciate this. No, absolutely. Especially when they reach out and tell us how much they got from this or uh, any particular episode. Like there are a few things that I love as much as that. And it's always really cool to hear that. So, um, to start the new year, I wanted to do an episode about kind of starting over. Yeah. Not necessarily your entire life or it might be, but it's like, I feel like, um, Years ago when we were like younger, whenever the new year came around, it was all about starting over, having your new year's resolution. Everybody had their new year's resolution, right? Oh, yeah. And then a few years ago, like we saw the backlash where it was like, I at least I feel like I I saw that where it was like people were like, um, you don't need to have a uh, uh, starting date on that. You should just start today. You don't need to wait for the new year. Uh, the gyms are gonna be packed cause all these people are in here with these new year's resolutions. And I was like, the pendulum swings both ways, you know? And now I hope that it's kind of settling in the middle in that we just are a little bit more, like we said earlier, accepting and understanding oh, yeah. like, hey, if January one is your starter pistol, to do what you got to do to be who you want to be this year, fucking go for it. Yep. You know what I mean? And if not, then it's not for you and that's totally fine. But I'll always, and, and I'll admit, you know, I was in the camp of like being frustrated because there's so many people in the gym now working on their new year's resolutions. I fell into that mindset a little bit and I realized like, Hey, good for these people. Yeah. If that's what you needed, you need encouragement. You don't need me talking shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so, Uh, I wanted to have somebody on um, that knows a thing or two about starting something uh, over, starting over again a bit, um, trying something brand new and really running with it. And I couldn't think of anybody better than Craig Zellhart. He's going to be here in a minute. We're going to have him on, Uh, Craig's United States Marine. Uh, He is the co-owner of Beacon Training Group and uh, Wild Hearts Farm. Wild Hearts Farm is out in Grant Park, Illinois. It's an awesome farm. He's going to talk about some of the events that he has coming up. He had a farm camp last year for kids. I sent my kid, my oldest daughter out there, Lily, and she had an amazing time. We're trying to do more events together. And Craig and I have had a lot of really good conversations at his farm where he's just talked to me about what that life has meant to him. And uh, so I'm really happy to have him on here. So when we come back, we will be back with being back and we'll be back and, and then and then we'll be back and then we're going back and then we're gonna come back <laughs> with craig Zellhart. okay we are back craig Zellhart. craig thank you very much for coming in today dude thanks for having me brother yeah we've fucking been trying to do this dude, for like I. a while how about it man we like, talked yeah What, like i don't know like six to eight months ago like i know you are super slammed and your schedule's fucking pretty insane. Yeah. With all the pots that you have your hands into. Yeah. So I really appreciate the time that just, uh, well,
2: hey, pot, it's kettle. Cause fuck. I know you guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, you guys dude. are doing
0: the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't remember how, do you remember how you and I met? Cause you started, I feel like you started Wild Hearts yeah. around the same time I was starting Fat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there we, we there, met, no shit, uh, there we were. We met.
2: Oh, shit. There we were. Um, we met at a uh sleep in heavenly peace build. It was actually about this time, about this time of year. Um oh, shit. Yeah. Probably four years ago or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, because we I, I brought my son out there and he helped um, you know, slam some 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 beds together, thought it was pretty cool. And then you and I just
0: bumped into each other and yep. music started playing. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was so, and how new was Wild Hearts? That how old is Wild Hearts?
2: Uh that was before we had I mean that was our first year. I think we we moved into the farm maybe like maybe like 3 months or so oh, like
0: shit. That. Yeah. Okay. So, we were well, just getting going. Before we even get into that, I mean, so the purpose of this episode is 2024, you know, a lot of people come January 1 uh that that that's the starter pistol for yeah. them to like work on some shit, start changing some things like and that's a good thing. It's good. If that's what you need and that's what you need. But when you and I have talked about doing an episode, you know, you and I have had like in my opinion some really good fucking conversations, especially at the farm Mm -hmm. with you just telling me about what that was and and what that's meant to you. But to understand that, I think we need a little bit of context. So like, would you mind getting into a little bit about your time in the Marines?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. I actually started off in the national guard. Mm -hmm. Like you, did I tell you that? Yep. Um, so, start off in the national guard. Um, my grandfather is like my idol. Uh, when I came home from basic training, he starts like the army Marine Corps ribbing. Right? Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Well, I thought was, my grandpa was in the military. I thought he was in the army. You know what I mean? It, no, come to find out he's a Marine. Um, I was colorblind, Uh, so that is another thing I did have going for me. The army at the time was only letting, um, if you, were, if you were colorblind, you could only have an administrative job or something like that. You couldn't have a combat arms job mm-hmm. when I was enlisting. So I didn't like that. Uh, and then you add my grandfather kind of starting the whole Marine Corps Army joke thing. Yep. And I'm like, dude. So the Marine Corps recruiter comes my senior year. I kind of tell him the predicament I'm in and he's like, so he asks him. he's like, I got two questions for you. Like eye contact, right? Um, he's like, I got two questions for you. Um, can you shoot? And I'm like, yes he's like do you like to fight and i was like yes he's like that's that's all we give a damn about so exactly like come on in uh so so uh um, so yeah so i went to army basic training to my junior and senior year and then after my after i graduated joined the marine corps went back to to their boot camp um did uh, four years active in the Marines, um, two deployments, one to Iraq, and then the second one was uh, to Okinawa, like a Westpac, kind of floated around mm-hmm. saw a bunch of cool places. Uh, got out in 2009, uh, got into the reserves, uh, tried getting back in. They weren't taking active duty guys yeah. back at the time, because that was a that was the whole deal. Like, I figured I could get out. The Marine Corps not going place. If it doesn't work out well for me, I can, I can always jump back in. Right. Uh, And that wasn't the case. Yeah. They weren't taking guys back. So I got in the reserves, did that for four and a half years and, um, and then, uh, um, transitioned into policing about two, three years after I got out of the Marine Corps. Been doing that ever since.
0: Um, Was that a pretty easy transition, because you see a lot of Dude. guys, because you were infantry in the Marines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like when you, whenever I talk to anybody about joining the military, I always talk to them about like planning for your fucking future, right? Yep. And yep. so it's like when you think about joining the military, you could do fucking anything. You can right. x-ray tech, they're going to pay for all your shit, yep. you can be an aircraft mechanic, or if you could almost spell your name right, you <laughs> can join the infantry. Right. And I say that because I was also in the infantry. Right? And it's just like when you go through the infantry. Like I wouldn't have done anything any different because that's why I'm where I'm at is because of all the decisions I made that led me up to this point. Right. right. But like it was when you get out, there weren't a whole lot of options no. as far as what you can do with that skill set. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And I mean like,
2: you know, when I joined, well, nine eleven happened when, when, um, I was a freshman, right. So mm-hmm. I was, I was four, 14 or 15. Um, and I was like, dude, there's four, it pissed me off, right? Like and I'm sure it did you guys, right? But mm-hmm. um, what what kind of added salt to that wound was there was, it was only, it was four years before I could go do something about it. You know what right. I mean? Like I wanted to get into the fight. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't really care about, I mean, there's different times I mean, you know, it's like, I wanted to get in there and, and um, I wanted to fight. And, um, and so that, that's where my mindset was, but yeah, like the toll on, like you said, like your body for the first four year or mm-hmm. just just four years. How guys do twenty years in the infantry is beyond like you're a you're a genetic specimen. Yep to be able to like just stand straight at the end of tw- you know I mean of 20 years in the infantry like four <laughs> yeah. years in it has a, has a toll
0: you gotta take a 50 so, cal and load it on top of a fucking Amory app like multiple times a day right and all that other bullshit that you gotta right. carry around god forbid you're humping and stuff and, and going on foot patrols carrying yeah. fuck I, when I first got in did you have the M60 in the Marines when you no. got in no the first in the army I did they I had, had M60 yeah, yeah at boot camp and then I got to my unit with the M60 and I told my uncle was a Vietnam vet and he was like I had the M60 right. how the fuck do you you have an m60 and then we got the 240 bravo and then the next day they were like oh hey by the way we're going to afghanistan i was like oh shit that makes sense like that makes sense but yeah it's pretty hard to do but a lot of guys that i know they go into the they become a police officer because it's one of the things where the discipline and a lot of the other skills that you learn in the military do have a place yeah would you agree with that i mean how hundred percent i mean mean, like
2: and the um the brotherhood too man like it's just being around guys that that um that are like minded and and still going out and helping people like, um, you know finding finding the bad guys bringing them back you know what I mean? yep. it's still the rush like the adrenaline you know the lights get to go and you you, you know people are running the opposite direction you're going in uh, towards that fight you know yeah. like it's it's definitely a rush too yeah um did you have a hard time Uh, I had a very hard time getting on the, the marines yeah um because I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to get out, you know, right. like my wife and I, and I wouldn't change anything. Um, my first, my first deployment, I got uh, hurt. I got blown up a couple of times in four days. So my wife got two phone calls in four days and it was basically like, Hey, uh, yeah, your, your husband was hurt. That's all we know. We'll let you know. When we know more. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. like, she's, she's like, she's 19 at the time then finds out. Yeah. He's, he's okay. And then, uh, she gets a phone call again four days later and she's like, no, I already got this phone call. Like, no, it's another one, you know? Yeah. So, um, so when I left for my second deployment and like I said, that was just a, a float, uh, like a West pack. Um, the day I left, she's like, Hey, just promise me that this is the last one. I'm like, uh, she's like, no promise. me." I'm like, oh, she's not going to hold me to it. You know what I mean? Like we right. love each other. and Cause, right. I, cause I did. I love the Marine Corps. Yep. I was doing well in it. And, um, and she held me to it. She's like, "Hey, look, if you want to stay in, that's cool, but I want to get out. You know, like um, you do your thing." Man. Yeah. And I'm obviously, like, well, I'm going to go with her. You right. Know what I mean, like, so uh, very, and I'm I'm happy with that decision. Oh like, yeah. But it was hard. It was very hard to get out because that was 2009 when I got out. Man. Yeah. So I, I I joined the Marine Corps very quickly um, because I told you like I had this burning desire to go. I was scared I was going to miss my chance. Right. Um. So Marine Corps recruiter calls me on a Thursday and he's like, I got good news and a bad and bad news. This is 2005. He's like, the good news is, um, I got you the last infantry slot in the nation. Some dude in Florida backed out. He had this whole, Fucking like, I'm like, dude, I don't bro. care. He could yeah, exactly. He's like <laughs> the, the only one slot. in the nation for infantry, right? Like, oh, cause it's such man, a, bro. you know, sought after position. Yeah. So he's like, that's the good news. The bad news is you, you leave Monday. So this is Thursday. So I was working at a, at the green. it was Lambert green at the time. Mm-hmm. across from Walmart over there. Um, so I literally like parked the tractor, jump off quit my job, go home, uh, talk to my girlfriend at the time as my wife, um, and tell her like, Hey, she's like, Oh, I'm so, you know, what, what's the special occasion? I'm like, I'm leaving for the Marines on Monday, you know? So then, uh, so yeah, so I go home that night and I'm kind of like, well, she's probably going to go to college. We're probably going to break up and I don't want that. So let's get married. You know what I mean? Like
0: that never. Yeah, happens. dude. Yeah, that yeah. It's crazy happens. story. You never heard Reservous that in the Marine members. Corps before, nope. right? Nope, nope, nope.
2: So, I, <laughs> so that was like Thursday, Friday. Friday, I,
0: you bought a Dodge Charger.
2: Yeah, no, I sold my my 1989 <laughs> Eclipse. Oh shit! Uh, or, uh, yeah, I, no, not an Eclipse. Uh, uh, e- uh, no, what I forget, I don't remember what it was, but whatever, um, Junker I had at the time. Yep. Um, uh, so, so I go ask your dad. Fully expecting him to say no, he's like, uh, he gave me his blessing. So I, I, um, I sold the sold my car, bought a ring. I was like, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday we engage, Sunday we like celebrate. I'm I'm leaving Sunday night at Meps in the morning. Oh shit! So, but it worked out for the best, man. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, it takes a- kids later, and she put her life on hold for four years yeah. to come out and do something I wanted to do. Like now it's time to go make a life. Together, yeah, like find something we want. Didn't make didn't make getting out any easier, but that you know that's how I came to terms with it then so
0: well like the more i when i got linked up with the state department dod and started doing deployments uh, as a private military contractor you would see guys that had that had no idea how many times they deployed and this isn't all of them but the ones that i knew a lot of the ones that i knew you know, their, their wives, they were on their third or fourth or something, yep. Or, yep. Divorce, or or they, a lot of them, it takes a special type of person, uh, two special type of people to keep a long term relationship going yep. when you're constantly deploying and living that lifestyle. Like yeah. that's just hard for fucking anybody. Yep. You know what I mean? My I've wife gave seen. me the same sort of ultimatum after the, sixth one with uh the dod she was like you gotta fucking come on i just can't do this anymore and yeah. <laughs> it was very hard for me to do too but i mean because you always want i mean you're always gonna want
2: one more you know I, what i mean like yes. i don't think you're ever you know like still i was like man i just
0: i wish i would have went on that next deployment with those guys you know yeah. What I mean? yeah 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 it would have always been it would have always been that so so then when you came home was like were you just? Were you good? Was yeah, everything no. fine? So I I come home and like I said, it's 2009,
2: mm-hmm. and uh, you remember that tractor I told you I jumped off of? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't. I thought because I have all this experience in the in the Marine Corps, like transitioning to a, a police job or a fire job would be easy, man. Like uh, they're gonna be like, "What you want to?" Yes, yes. Like come on in. We right. got a place already set up for. No, it wasn't like that. Like in 2009. Um, you know, every, like when, when there was a police officer, firefighter exam, like there would be hundreds of people Oh yeah, that would try to, to, and they wouldn't even be hiring. They would just be establishing a list. Right. Um, I couldn't find work anywhere except back at, um, Lambert green. I was thankful for it, but I literally, I picked up the same show I put down like four no years ago. You know what I mean? So yeah. was well, I was thankful for the, for, to have that job, but it was kind of like a mind, you know, is it, it. it, it it didn't help at all because it was like, what were those four experiences for? Cause I literally did not move forward anywhere. Right. My life, you know, at least that's what I was thinking about. Right. Then. um, But it just, but it kind of strengthened my resolve. Like, Hey man, this is where you're at now. If you don't want to, if you want to move forward, you gotta do something about it. You yeah. I mean, and so that's, those are lessons that you learned in the military. Like yep. That strength you get from the military. And, and so I did.
0: Yep. So, so what happened so you have combat experience, infantry, police officer. where the fuck does the farm come into play?
2: <laughs> well there's a, that's another long story, right? so So I told you I got hired on um, as a police officer, um, and I get back in the same um training habits that I did before, kind of like that same mind space of, uh, you know, training hard, like being prepared for anything, um, looking out for your friends before yourself. Like, um, I get put on a, on a SWAT team, a very, with a very high op tempo. Um, and I just can, my, my focus is on that. And it, and it, it, you have to be very focused to do those things, right? Like you need to be very dedicated if you're going to be a good member of that type of team. Right. Um, so, you know, we were doing, we were doing ops two, three nights a week, very high, maybe not three nights a week, but on average, we do at least one a week, yeah. um, a search warrant. Um, uh, so I would, I'm working afternoons. I sleep for a couple hours. We'd go, you know, hit a house a week or something like that. Uh, if not, I'm coming home. I get home about one o'clock. I'm waking up at, at, uh, 5 AM, um, working out, dry firing, Meditating, showering, going to box, driving an hour to go to boxing, uh, jiu jitsu, coming back home, showering, going to the street. Like that was it. That was my life. Like yep. Constantly, right? Uh, super focused on on training um, and and you know being a good member of this team because I need to. I want to survive. That's what I thought of. That's that's me being a good husband of father is like doing the things I need to do so, so I can survive uh, this career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that it's like, like it's, I don't want to make it up. Like we were doing some crazy, like rainbow six stuff on this, th- right. but that's, that's where my mind was. Like right. I have to be focused on this task so I can be there for my family. If right. I would expose myself to dangerous things, I need to be proficient at that so I can be there for my family. Yep. Um, so I became very good at those things and how, how I would, how I thought i was going about um doing both as being a, a family man and um you know a good police officer uh, or a good swat operator um was you know at work it's very simple for me at work people call me by my last name mm-hmm. zelhart or or z they call me and around my family i was craig mm-hmm. so in my mind i'm two different people mm-hmm. right at work i'm this person and at home, I'm this person. I would get mad at at work. I would get mad if someone called me by my first name. I'm like, dude, we don't share a roof. We don't share a bed. Right. Don't call me by that. Like my last name's Z or Zellhard. You know, uh, that's what you're gonna call me. Um, and that worked out. Well, actually, I met somebody along the way, and they're like, oh, that's how you do that. Let me know. Let me know how that works out for you. like, Let's. I can remember that conversation. Right. right? Yeah. Um, So, uh, I thought it worked out pretty well until, until it didn't. Um, and, uh, and one night those two worlds kind of came together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the issue with that is I'm not two people, right? I'm one person, right? Right. I'm Craig Zellhart. (laughs) I'm I'm not like Craig. There's that. So there's, um, they're obviously I'm one person. You think you can um,
0: separate it so easily? You can't.
2: Yeah, right? and and like that was, and I hear guys say it all the time, and that was something I believe is like you, you, you come across something, you see something, you you experience something, you bury it down deep, and never, never talk <laughs> of it again, right? That was it's, my solution, or it right. makes you harder, right? right. It's like, be, you're better for having witnessed it because now you're harder, right? What you mean is you're you're numb, you're getting numb to it, yes. Um, and uh, and the problem with that is you, it's again there's. There's some truth to that because it can benefit you to survive in those types of situations. Yeah. But you're not living,
0: right? I, like short-term stressors are yeah. good. Short-term yeah. stressors make you more proficient at the task at hand. Sure. But the long-term chronic type stuff, that's what fucking rots you from the inside. Yeah. Slowly, I think. Right.
2: And and burying it down deep, bro, it ain't deep. Nah. It's right below the surface. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, and when you try to... You know, when you take a break from those things, from you know, if you try to go on vacation or you start getting a lot of sleep, or something, in in my experiences, once you press pause on the other stuff, that stuff that you haven't dealt with starts creeping to the top.
0: Yes. Um.
2: So uh. So anyways, yeah. So I so I had that experience where both these worlds come uh, crashing together, mm-hmm. uh, put kind of put me in a dark place for a little while, man. Mm-hmm. And, and um. And so I had these realizations that you know, I, I've done this for so long, um. But that's now I'm, you know, I was 33 years old at the time. That's all I know how to do now is fight. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm 33 years old. All I know how to do is with these hands is, is fight. Um, so where's the piece in that. Right. Um, so, so uh, about that time we'd already, we already bought like five chickens for my sons, um, as like a chore for them to do. Um, so we would go outside and I'd see, I would see my sons like mess around, you know, feeding their chickens or uh, collecting eggs. And, and I would, and then they started selling them or they'd help me build the coop for all that. And, and, um, I saw like how rewarding that, what to me, it was just beautiful. Like to see yeah. my kids outside doing something and I could see them putting effort into a task and then collecting those eggs, having something to show for that effort, selling it they, uh, and then, you know, the first year I think we sold maybe like, um, you know, just a few dozen eggs. We didn't have that many birds, but my little guy, uh, Colton was probably like six or something at the time, maybe a little bit older, but he wanted, um, he wanted to buy this little plastic, uh, bag of like army soldiers from the dollar general. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, dude, this is an opportunity to teach him about money. So we were selling eggs for $3 a dozen like out of our little backyard Mm -hmm. um, where we weren't supposed to have any, any chickens or we're living in like a nice neighborhood then dude. Like that's awesome. Not having to, we're not supposed to have anything. Um, so, so he's selling his eggs for $3 a dozen. I told him $1 goes back to the birds. $1 goes into savings. You get a dollar to spend. So by the end of the summer he had enough saved up to like to buy this, um, this uh, bag of army soldiers. And when he, when he hands his money into the dollar general and like, they give him this bag of soldiers. Like I, I to this day, dude, I can see the look of like that, just sh- how proud he was, man, right. on his face. And I was fucked, dude, right, right. right there. So, I, so we started working outside together as a family. Um, and and I'm going through this stuff at this time. Right. And, uh, and I noticed like the more work I did outside the more, it wasn't like, it wasn't the same thing like boxing or jujitsu, like not that type of physical exertion. It was like, you know, moving, you know, like digging whatever trench over here or like putting up a fence or building this chicken coop. At the end of the day, I was tired. So I was worn out. Is something I could control mm-hmm. and I had something to show for my work. Yep. You know, like, uh, like another day I went over to, to one of my friend's house and it was, it was in the fall and, uh, this dude, his backyard looked like he hadn't raked leaves like from last year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that yeah. thing was like two feet deep of leaves. Yep. like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, give me a rake, man. Yeah. So I just started raking back there and I'm going through all these things in my head and, uh, and dude, I just kept raking, I just kept going. And, um, my buddy, like, just, I was like in this trance, right? Yeah. And my, cause I was, I was focused on this task and it was something I could control. And uh my buddy just let me be. And by the end, the, by, you know, it took me an hour or whatever, by this huge pile of leaves. And I was like, man, like, this reminds me when I was young doing, you know, like physical labor like this. And I, and I was proud of it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like something I could control. I, I was tired. Uh, I'd exerted myself into something, you know, I, as simple as that was. I could see what I, I had, um, had something to show for my work yeah, and it felt good. Um, so I started working more outside with my family at home and that, that, uh, small flock of like five or six birds, um, grew into like this micro farm in our backyard in this subdivision. Right. So this, so to put it in a context, this is like, we, we had a nice home. It was like, yeah. it was like five bedrooms, five baths, mm-hmm. movie theater in the basement, like cush living. Right? yeah. And I, you know, my, a little too cush for my sons. Yep. So they needed some chores. So that's where the chickens came in. So we started focusing on all this work outside and building this little micro farm. So we had, you know, started with chickens. Uh, Then we got some rabbits. We started raising quail. Some goats came. Pig came, and then we had like this little, like legit, like micro farm in the <laughs> middle of this subdivision. Yeah, we weren't supposed to have anything, right? right. So one day, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife, like, "There's a lot next door. Maybe we could buy that and put a milk cow out there." She's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? like, <laughs> but what was she hey, thinking this entire on, time? Man. Every time you guys are getting more animals, she was about it, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah.
2: like because like, we're, we're doing stuff as a family, you right? Know, like, again, it's, it's family time outside, man. Yeah, like, that's cool. Um, so so one day the uh, our pig bust out the gate or no we had a goat bust out the gate and the goats are in the neighbor's garage like on their car Oh shit. and the pig is in the neighbor's garden like just chowing down <laughs> and uh, everything just got out and running all over the neighborhood and and my wife are like we get once we get everything inside we're like man you know what if we're gonna do this this is what we want then maybe we need to look for something else yeah uh, and so we so we bought this farm sold everything bought this farm went from this really nice house uh, with you know all the creature comforts to you know a hundred year old farmhouse and we couldn't be happier <laughs> much smaller and just simple and
0: I was just, why awesome. do you think that is why do you think <laughs> you couldn't be happier in the, the house that you're in doing all the work that you're doing. It's much more physical labor, uh, for your entire family. Yeah. But like yeah. you said, you didn't say you couldn't be happier. You said, we couldn't, have, yeah. couldn't be happier. We're, we're
2: doing that together, man. Yeah. Like we're building, you know, what's this farm to us is like, it's it, bro. It was, um, I mean, we got lucky with, you know, the farm, like the infrastructure was there when we bought it for the most part, like mm-hmm. good strong fence, outbuildings, buildings, all that. Um, but what we were gonna do with that was a blank slate. You know, we had good pastures, but there were no animals that that were there, and we didn't know anything about it. I'm like, mind you, bro, I didn't. I, we have no background in raising like any type of livestock. Baptism yeah, right? by fire. Yeah, hundred percent. It's YouTube yep. and questions, mm-hmm. and reading books, and and all that. So, uh, so yeah, it's like a it's a it was a blank slate, and um, just a way for us. Think of it like a canvas, bro. Like right. we can paint our picture here, and right. uh, and we've tried to keep it, obviously we want it to grow, but we want to keep it simple where we don't need a bunch of uh, tractors or different equipment because we want to keep it where, because it, I want it, I want my children to be able to do everything on the farm. Yeah. Right. You know, I mm-hmm. want to, if I have a bunch of tractors and we keep growing, then that's time away from my kids. And I've done that. You know, what I mean, I want my son's and my, I have uh, twin daughters now, but they're only one, you know, but I want my sons by me yeah. every step of the way, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, so that's what we're doing. So, so it started with five, five chickens and now, uh, we're going to be having, uh, we'll have four cows and milk, we'll have four dairy cows and milk, uh, by June. Mm-hmm. Our fourth one's coming today. Nice. After this, yep. <laughs> uh, we've got, um, we've probably got, uh, I think six or seven beef cattle there now. We have sheep, uh probably our our laying flax, probably a hundred. We raise meat chickens. Uh, we have goats. Uh, we raise quail still. We have a rabbit tree, um, all sorts of stuff,
0: pigs. So one of the things that you brought up with the story, uh, and your son and the army soldiers, I'm also very sorry that he didn't buy a little packet of Marine soldiers, (laughs) but, uh, the look that he had when he realized that his work was, gave him something like because he earned those things i also feel like that's one of the most crucial parts uh as far as like why a lot of service members have issues when they get out i feel like most people in general want to work for the things that they have they want to earn things because you feel better when you earn something than when you don't, which is why there are like studies out there about, um, businesses that stay in the family and why after like three generations, they typically fuck off and then the business just burns down in the ground. Because at that point, those people, if they didn't earn that, that success, then they don't appreciate that success. Yep. And it's like one of the biggest things I feel one, one of the worst things I think you can give a veteran, in my opinion, and granted, it's not just a blanket statement for every veteran, but a lot of the time, I think one of the worst things you can give a veteran is everything Yeah, where all they're going to do is sit and not do shit. Like yeah. I like to work for things and earn things. I don't like things to just be given to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And these men and problem. women, yeah, they're
2: survivors. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Um, they, yeah, a hundred percent. What what you just said, like to earn it, right. Earn, or, or you know, a lot of, when, because we do, a, we do a lot of tours out at our farm, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and part of those tours are like, hey, you know, it's basically like you walk through doing chores with us, right? Right. Um, and we explain what, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, and I hear all the time, like, dang, dude, that's a lot of work. Isn't that, that sounds like a lot of hard work. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Why is that a bad thing? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, because to me, I don't, I don't want an easy life, man. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds, that sounds dull and boring Mm in common. Mm -hmm. And that's not me. What I want, I want the strength to endure a hard one. Yes. I'm saying like, I saw that on a Mm t-shirt like, uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, we were in Disney or some shit and Mm -hmm. it was printed on a t-shirt. So I got to give credit where it's due. (laughs) It really moved me, dude. And I mean that man, like, think about that. Like, like, um, just easy is just, it's boring. You know what I mean? Like you don't it's learn it.
0: Right. You don't, you don't learn when things are easy. So, um, we have a program now where we're starting to take veterans out to the gym. And I was in the gym this morning with a veteran named uh, Luis, awesome dude, great dude. And I we were talking about our night and uh, my daughter Lily, she got her tonsils taken out recently, so she hasn't been sleeping lately. So last night I got like like an hour and a half of uh, sleep. So I woke up, I just felt like shit, and I'm still going to the fucking gym. Right. And Luis was like, "How do you do this? Like, I, I don't know how you do it." And I just said to him, "While obviously there are plenty of other things that I, I can still improve on and other things that I need to do um, physically, but like, if you can't go to the gym," When you don't feel good. Right. Then you're not about that lifestyle, man. Exactly. Like I don't learn who I am when I feel great and go to the gym. I learn who I am when I feel like shit and I still get in there and then I have a very good workout or even if I have a shit workout, the confidence I have in myself or the pride that I have saying I felt like shit. I had no sleep. I had this, that, whatever, and I still got my ass in here and I got right. more done before 5 a.m. than most people will the rest of the day. Like right. you need to do that shit. Yeah. You have to struggle a little bit every fucking day. You have to create that struggle regardless of what you're lifestyle is. If it's a cold shower, if it's a run in the morning, like you have to do something. And I think that without doing that, living in a super lavish, comfortable life, you forget that shit so fast, so fucking fast. And I think that that's what I think that's one of the many issues that a lot of guys have when they transition out of the military. So when you look back categorically, you know, a lot of initially, a lot of people thought the issue with a lot of veterans was PTSD. And now they're seeing that there's another really big issue, adjustment disorder that a lot of veterans are having issues when they get out, just coming back to service. And they're finding that a lot of those veterans don't necessarily have combat experience, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was really interesting to me, but why do you think it is that veterans have issues transitioning out of the military? For me, it was that
2: it, there was so, there was nobody like me, um, in my community, right. In my circle. Now mm. I've always been blessed with a, a very strong support system. Yeah. Um, but there was, you know, like the, the guys I talked to in high school, I didn't really have that much in common with yeah. anymore. Um, and, uh, and there was really nobody I, I, I had, again, that was like, that was like the, um, that was the recession, man. So yeah. like there was just, I couldn't find work. There was a lot of closed doors at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think trying to find, because the military and coming into the civilian side, like you guys know, like it's militaries, might as well, it might as well be Mars. Like the way people talk to each other, the things that we find that are funny. Holy you know, shit. Like if you say that stuff in in, uh, in a public place here, like somebody's calling the cops. I'm, like, you know I'm I'm sure. like, yep. Um, So, so it's finding, to me, it was finding purpose again, right? Yeah. Like what, and it wasn't that I didn't think that that was just, I knew that those were my skills. That's what I did for four years, but I need to find purpose again. I need to find whatever's driving me. Um, and when I was trying to have those conversations, part of that was I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't speak the language anymore around here. Right. Right. Uh, so it was, it was hard to kind of find my place there. Yeah. Um, But so I I don't know what, what what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think that when you are in the military, things are so much, I've, I feel like they are so much more simple. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. To a degree. And even if you're in a combat zone with a combat MOS or whatever, I wake up. I know that I have the safety of being around these guys. Like I feel safe. Like, I know I have all these other people that are watching my back, even though I'm in a fucking war zone. I'm at some combat outpost in the middle of BFE, whatever. Like, I feel safe. I feel good. I feel proficient at my job. I feel like I'm a part of something. I'm authentic in what I do. And I've always felt, and I always say individual experiences may vary in the military, right? But, like, in the infantry especially, it's like, it does not matter if we three do not get along we better figure that shit the fuck out because yeah. the mission's getting done right. one way or another. We're going to be here with each other all day, every day for the next nine months or however long your deployment is. So we got to learn how to work together. We got to learn how to overcome those barriers. And when you do that, you're so authentically yourself that it's so freeing because you're you're not hiding who you are. Like you just said, one of my first office jobs that I got when I got back, I fucking hated it. I couldn't say shit. I like to say, I, I think of, things in terms of what percentage of myself do i feel like i can be around people and like in the office after a deployment i'm like being 10 percent myself i will talk to you about the bears or the weather and other than that i'm gonna shut the fuck up because i'm gonna say something and i'm gonna go talk to hr or i'm gonna get the cops called or like fucking whatever right so that's that's a problem
2: that's a great point like i didn't understand um Kind of to what we were talking about earlier, the military you don't have to worry about each other's feelings, you just speak the truth, brother <laughs> and if you don't like the truth, too bad, man, it's still yeah. the truth. you know yeah. what I mean like like if you and I have beef like i'll I'll explain why like I think this about you, and hey dude, that's what it is, but if we're part of the same team. And these two guys got beef with you. It's like deeper than brothers. Like if you got beef yes. with, this, with him, even though I don't like him, like yes.
0: now you got beef with all, like I'm taking it personal. Like how many times, like again, okay. Army Marines always talking shit. We can yeah. talk shit all day. We're at a bar. We're sitting there talking shit. And then somebody else from outside this group comes and starts talking shit. Yeah. Now it's game over. It's right. like, I can say something about my family, but if right. you say something on my family, yeah, exactly. now it's like, fucking dude, different. Gotta, who bro. is this guy? And, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. The, the yeah, other yeah. thing that you mentioned, and again, <sighs> this is something that's definitely not accepted here but like for example uh with the state department overseas uh private military contractor the team that i was on all american uh varying backgrounds marines army you know a lot of special operations guys the only reason why i qualified for it was because i had a paramedic degree and i had combat experience and so the other team that was staying in our in our little um villa the medic and the team leader one day were fucking arguing it was right right after uh, they had a hood brief before a mission and we could hear them fucking yelling at each other. They go on mission. They come back before dinner. We see that the team leader now has a black eye and the team leader and the medic are walking into dinner laughing. Yeah. Because what happened was they, they had some fucking words. They needed to go handle it. They went and settled it out back old school and then the shit was done. Yeah. And then we moved forward. We didn't harbor You don't harbor these feelings towards somebody else because we don't have the fucking time because our argument is not more important than the mission. And we have to do that shit. So we got to figure out what the fuck this is and how we're going to get past it now so we can get stuff done. Yeah. And that doesn't work back here. You know what I mean? It's the complete opposite. And the issue that I had when I came back is... I had so much support from my brothers when I was overseas. Like, we all took care of each other. Because not only are you going through whatever you're going through in the military, you got personal shit going on back home. Somebody got a fucking Dear John letter. Somebody's mom died, whoever. Like, we all took care of each other. You get back here, and you just assume... Like when I got to my, that that office job, I just assumed that, oh, we're all looking out for each other. We're all on the same team. Fuck no. That was not the situation. <laughs> like people were yeah. just looking to fuck you over. And yeah. You're like, what the fuck? And yeah. you're coming into this with this open heart. You're like, hey, I'm here to be a team player. Right. I'm here to help everybody out. And then when it backfires so fucking stupendously, you're right. like, so can I just not? Like like you just said earlier, did the last four years just not mean shit? Right. Like does any of this stuff like have any carryover into the civilian yeah. world when I can't say what I want to say and be what I think a good person is because I'm not getting rewarded for it? I'm actually getting in more fucking trouble because of it. Like that's insane. Yeah. I think that's insane. But <laughs> yeah. but anyway, um other than that, Bradley been awful quiet over there when are some times when you've had to start over
1: well like you said getting out of the military yeah um, that's a big one um and trying to learn how to be blind i was gonna
0: say bro you never <laughs> you don't fucking lean into that that much no. whenever we talk about like overcoming adversity I, you're like well you know when i got in the military hope, i'm like bro you're fucking blind man maybe people won't notice if you i don't, don't talk you, about it but, but you don't let that slow you down
1: <laughs> why, why would it dude i why, agree why would i let um, because i can i could have chosen two options i yeah. could have been miserable Hating my life, contemplating suicide probably every single day. Yep. My my wife probably would have left me. Right. And, or I could have embraced what
0: the fuck happened and live my life. It's something I fucking appreciate. I appreciate about you, dude. Well, thanks. It's well, like it, you... it,
1: it, it took a long time. It, it didn't just happen. I just like go blind.
0: Like you know what? I'm great. Hey, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, totally fine. So, what helped you starting over when you lost your fucking vision?
1: Um. Definitely my family, the support that I yeah. had from, because they didn't, they still don't. Amanda will not view me as someone who's blind. Like, she just sees me as her husband. Like, like yeah. I don't do shit around That's the house. Awesome. Yep. Like, guess what, dude? I don't care if you can't
0: see. Yep. <laughs> like, get your shit done. Which is good and bad. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you want to be like, yo, I'm fucking blind. <laughs> all right. I got to want to do this shit.
1: Well, <laughs> sometimes there is times where Amanda will, she'll like, I'll go to help her and she'll be like, no, 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 I got it. I'm like, why you're busy? Just let me do it. She's like, because I'm just have to redo it anyway.
0: I'm like, well, well, fuck you then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that for me, it was kind of the last time I really started over was again, starting the nonprofit mm-hmm. because at the time I talked to a few people. I didn't want to start a nonprofit. Like I fucking said this before, like I was looking for resources to help and I was trying to do things with the Mantino veterans home. And It was so hard. It was so impossible. I thought about starting a nonprofit. So many people were like, nah, you shouldn't do that. It's going to be too much work. Don't do that. There's an analogy I heard once, uh, the crabs in a bucket analogy. And I fucking love this analogy. And it's just that uh, when these guys are you know, fishing for crabs or crabbing or whatever the fuck you call it, they don't have to put a lid on the bucket because the crabs pull themselves back in. They won't let any other crabs escape. Really? I fucking like that analogy because I feel like when you're trying to do something for yourself, you're trying to start out brand new. You're already in a vulnerable spot because you're like, you're standing at the base of this fucking mountain staring up and you're like, I got to do this shit myself. And then you have people that are trying to actually bring you further down. And sometimes it's not the ones you think. Sometimes it's people that do care about you. And because of, their background, their trauma, their whatever—like they don't think you should tr- even fucking try yeah. to do this. But you, you know, know what I mean,
2: dude, like to that point, and kind of speak on on what you were saying too is like through that struggle, like it's the grind that sharpens the blade, right? Yes, and and through that struggle, like what I've learned is like I w- I was thankful for for what you just said, like through my thing, it separated very it showed me very clearly who my true friends were. And some yep. of that was a surprise, right? Yes. But through that, through that struggle, man, I'm thankful for that. Oh yeah. I'm, like best thing that ever happened to mm-hmm. me. Because it showed me it brought me back. It made me whole. hmm Right. And it and it showed me who I can depend on. Yep. Right? So uh so yeah. So the it's it's hard going through it. Like that mountain looks pretty big along mm-hmm. the way, but it's pretty but but, uh, you know, you keep your eyes open, man, and your support system
0: shows, dude. You look behind you, bro, and you got people pushing for you, you know? And, and there's no way to describe the pride and confidence you have as you're not even standing at the top, but just when you look down and realize, oh, shit, I used to be standing down there. Yep. I didn't realize that because I've been focusing on the next fucking step. Yep. But that was like a thousand steps ago. Right. you know what i mean and like i think about any movie that i kind of like yeah uh, you think of any movie where there's a team of people and they go through something traumatic i don't give a shit if it's a heist movie or a plane crash or a sports movie or whatever they go through something traumatic and what always happens like they learn who's really who right. like it's they're not the same people to, that they were at the beginning of the movie because they went through some struggle and then it, You know, obviously the point of any movie, you have the antagonist and usually that antagonist seemed like they were one of the good guys in the beginning. And then they went through a little bit of struggle. And now all of a sudden that's the fucking bad guy because they couldn't fucking deal with it. And you wouldn't learn that shit if you didn't go through the struggle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, So a lot of people like like you talked about there, uh, Brad. You said that people have a you know hard time sometimes when they have to start over. And one yeah. of the things that you found, you, you looked some stuff up about yeah, yeah. that. What'd you find?
1: So this is according to lifehack.com. Uh, they talked about, they talked to this gentleman named Jack. And Jack, they just used as a, he had a, a, a decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a good family life. He had a good social life. He was kind of on the lavisher side mm-hmm. of uh, living. So they asked him why he's afraid to start over or why he hasn't started over with, um, like, because he said he wasn't happy, like, in his job and with his life and stuff. And they asked him, well, do something different. And he said, I'm too comfortable. Yeah. Right. He said, it's just, it's too easy now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of jacks in society where you get complacent. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, like you just said, man. Like we were talking about earlier,
2: it's easy, yeah, right. And people get so comfortable with that easy, but there's no flavor in that, dude. That's vanilla, yeah. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Have you ever been really disappointed in yourself for a second? Like, for example, the car that I have now has heated seats, yeah. And it was cold one day, and you know, I turned the heated seats on, and at first I didn't want the heated seats. But then that's what this car came with. So I'm like, fucking all right. And then I got to get into a car that doesn't have heated seats and it's freezing cold out. And for a second, I'm like, man, what the fuck? This car didn't have heated seats. And then for a second, I'm just like, what the fuck happened? to me <laughs> 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 I get so disappointed <laughs> with myself in that moment because I was living with that comfort. And there's a comedian yeah. and a podcaster, Adam Carolla, super pretty famous guy. He's a contractor and uh, just a real Blue collar type dude. And he's been going on rants about that shit forever because the more accommodations you make in your life, the harder it is for you to live without those accommodations. And then it just makes you soft. Yeah. It makes you incredibly soft. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that was, that was it. I was just saying, yeah. I think
1: that's what happened to most of society. We've become jacks and just like so you get, just get comfortable. So,
0: what are some ways to start over if you feel like, you are that jack
1: yeah so it's again easier said than done Mm -hmm. uh but gain a gain a fresh perspective on life um identify the challenges that are are causing you to not change Mm -hmm. uh check in with your values and your priorities and utilize the breakthrough framework which has four simple steps you um you can take to change your mindset Again, easier said than done. Mm. And those four steps are find the hidden opportunity, uh, plan your progression, invest in prioritize, and tap into motivation and
0: good habits. Well, and to go off of that, and I found some things to... Um, And this is according to wikihow.com. So these are just some ways that you can start over if you are kind of struggling with that and trying to find some ways to do that. So there are two methods on here. Method one starts with acceptance. And I think acceptance is always really important. So what the article said was, you have to accept the past. You can't start over in life if you're still holding on to the bullshit from before, whether that be a past relationship, job, family, other situation, you have to accept the things that happen. And here's the important part of this article. I thought it said, acceptance doesn't necessarily mean forgiveness or understanding. It just means that you realize that something happened, you acknowledged it and you're ready to move on from it. See that, Meant a lot to me because I thought acceptance meant like everything has to be great and I need to be, I need to forgive or whatever. Like, no, that doesn't always fucking mean that. It just means that you are acknowledging it as a thing that exists so you can move on from it. You don't have to be super happy about the thing that fucking happened. You know what I mean? And I think that's acceptance. Um, So acknowledge it, experience it, move on from it. Don't center your life around it, uh, around the hurt, the failures, and you have to get away from that victim mentality, which was kind of what you said um, with your point, Brad. You know, like people that are like, I'll never find love again. I'll never find another job again. Like I've noticed that the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people, one of the many things is their fucking mindset. It's that mindset. It's like, I heard this quote once that I really liked. Um, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. So I'm just going to paraphrase. It was like, I've never had a bad day. I've just had a lot of character building days. And it's like, you think about shit like that, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and despite the fact that, and I've talked about this on the podcast, like I fucking lost my mom at the end of October, 2022, she was on uh hospice care. Like it was fucking terrible, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot about that situation and it's so easy. And how many people do you see lean into that victim mentality because they're not accepting something and, they, and it's easy, right? Every day. It's super fucking easy yeah. to just be like, it's everybody else's fault. I'm never going to find this. I'm never going to find that. Like a lot of the most successful people I know, they dealt with all those fucking struggles too. They just didn't give a shit. They were just like, nah, I'm fucking getting something done. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty big difference there. Um, Number two, you have to remember that things happen for a reason. When I first read this, and when I read through this article at first, I was like, a lot of this I felt like was bullshit until I read more into it. So this one says, remember things happen for a reason. This is not to say that you're powerless and that things are just fate to be a certain way. Rather, nothing has meaning besides the meaning that you assign to it. It's up to you to make every event incident moment in your life empowering or disempowering the lessons in life are not always going to be obvious you have to try to discover what your life is telling you so like one of my examples too so when i started um project headspace and timing i started working for or i I, a friend of mine rob smith started a franchise certified Pro painters and he knew what I needed to do for the nonprofit He knew how hard I was working for that but I wasn't making any money like I'm'm I'm, I wasn't getting paid. so he brought me on board and he allowed me to do what I needed to do to make the nonprofit successful while earning money for the family. and it got to a point where he had an opportunity to bring somebody else on board to replace me because we both knew and we talked about it for years that eventually I would have to, run my nonprofit full-time and stop working for his company and so somebody eventually came along and he did what any friend would do like he pulled me aside and he was like, hey man, like I got this guy I think he could take your job he'd, he'd be great at it you know I want to try to make a move before I don't have this opportunity anymore. what do you think about it? And we had this long conversation about it and I I could have easily looked at that as something like, as something negative like i was being replaced or something like that even though that was not the case or the intention but i immediately looked at that like this is my opportunity now because of this i have to be better because of this i have to dedicate more time to the nonprofit i have to make it successful because I might not have a plan B. There's a quote that I fucking love and it's called burn the ships. I got it on a flag in my gym. You know the story behind that? hundred percent. Yeah. So I think we've talked about it on here before. Mm Hernan Cortez, I think it was the 1500s, early 1500s, taking the Aztec treasure. Treasure hasn't been taken in 700 years. Lots of people tried, lots of armies tried, everybody failed. Cortez lands on the beach. And while I'm not condoning any of the heinous shit that sure, was done right. to take right, that right, treasure. Right, right, right. You know, he had 11 ships, 600 soldiers, and they get there and they're like waiting for this, I imagine, like Denzel type of fucking inspirational speech, and he's just like, burn the ships. And you have to imagine people are like, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> And he was just like, because so by bird the ships you mean? Yeah, like, like <laughs> what that our mean? ships. <laughs> like what a bird? Their ships. ships that we took? <laughs> because he said, when we take the treasure, we're going to take their ships back. Yep. Seven hundred years, nobody's taking the treasure. Guess fucking what? They fought a little bit harder because they didn't right. have a Plan B. Like sometimes that pressure that's that's coming down in your life is going to make you successful if you let it. You know what I mean? So I thought that that was super important. Um, and then the third part, take stock of failures and successes when things aren't working out in your favor. You got to identify the things that are. Keep notes of your successes, even the small ones. Focusing on the positive things usually brings out more positive things. There's a quote in the military, false motivation is better than no motivation, right? Um, think about what worked for you, how you can make it better, learn from your failure because failure is extremely important and critical to your growth as a person. I've always, that's another thing that I feel like needs to be taught in school. <laughs> it's like how important failure is, how critical failure is. That's where you truly learn, man. No, oh, yeah. Right there. You learn way more from failure than success, right? Yep. Yeah. I can think some of the biggest lessons I've ever learned in fucking life were from failure, yep. not from success. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then the fourth one on here, which I also like, don't announce that you're starting over. Just do it. You don't need to validate your choices to make a change in your life. You don't need to tell other people or ask them what they think they that you should do. Uh, often when we feel insecure, we consult others so we will feel better about a plan or prepare uh, them for our transformation but your life is your life so you need to move on people will grow with you those that don't perhaps aren't meant to be there in the first place again we already talked about that earlier like i yes i absolutely agree with that and i also had always been of the mindset where i didn't want to tell you what i was gonna do i wanted to tell you what i did right yeah. like i'm just gonna do it and then i'm gonna talk about it when it's done yeah. and I don't know how you feel about the success of wild hearts. I would, I would draw a couple of parallels between the success of wild hearts and fat in that we're just in there putting in the fucking work. Yeah. And then people see that and they're like, Oh shit. Like they're putting in work. This is what they're doing. They're not telling us what they're going to do. They're doing it. And then we're hearing about it or seeing it after the work's getting done. That's a different, that hits different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent.
2: And people can see that passion, man. And I think that draws people in, you know, yeah. like, dude, like, it doesn't
1: that's, matter what, what that's how I is. feel about
2: your guys' place, man. Like yeah. I, I see that energy, dude, I want to be a part of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, and I think people flock to that. Yes. Like, po- those positive environments, man, those energetic people, those strong minded, like
0: you know in a a positive way like that that pulls people in man they want to be they want to come check that out I think it doesn't necessarily even matter what the fuck you're doing when you take pride in what you're doing if you go to a school and there's a janitor there and he's busting his ass every day he's got a smile on his face he's talking to every kid you're like I respect the fuck out of that dude you know what I mean
2: dude just to like just to see somebody that's passionate about something I love that man like dude if you're like uh, you know if you're a table Maker man, and you got all these tables, and you and and you explain your process to me, and that's your passion. Even though I don't care about you know me personally, I just appreciate tables because I can put my drink on of them. Right. The, you know, like I love seeing like like you're like someone that's so passionate about their work, and that's how they portray you know, that's their art. Like that's how they show their, their, you know, their art to the world through that, that work. And I think that's, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. So, and I think most people flock to things like that.
1: Absolutely. I think there's a flip side to this coin as well, though, because there's people who
0: seek validation just for seeking validation. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, social media doesn't fucking help at all, but yeah. yeah. But I also think most people, can suss out authenticity relatively quick. Like when you meet somebody that's doing it for the gram or fucking whatever, you're like, all right, bro. Like I fucking get it, but it's fine. That's your thing. I'm not hating on it, whatever. But when you meet people and you can just identify, you can tell. No, they're about this life, whatever the fuck it is. This right. is what they do. Yeah. I feel like it, it's hard to tell on social media because right. we're only seeing what people want to show. But when you are talking to somebody face to face like that, then you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I agree with what you're saying too. Um, the second method, and that kind of goes along with what we're saying. The first thing i here hear uh, and the most important thing when it comes to, to thinking about starting over is discovering your purpose. So thinking about the meaning of your life is one of the first major steps towards making big changes. What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? What are you passionate about? What makes you feel like you matter? Answering those questions is key to figuring out what will make you happy and give you a fulfilling life. Cause what works for you might not be what works for me. And like there's been, so on the crisis side, I'm taking calls from, um, police officers and hospitals going and dealing with veterans and some of the worst fucking spots of their life. They want to kill themselves. They're drinking themselves to death. They're de- addicted to drugs, whatever the case may be. And like, I'll have, and I'm, I'm, as an officer, I can only imagine you deal with, I mean, this is your job, but it's like you deal with a traumatic situation. Second, that situation's over. It's not like, okay, now it's time to go take a break. It's like, you might have another situation right on top of that one. And another one right on top of that one. And you don't even have time to parse out what the fuck happened in the first thing. Mm -hmm. And now you're on thing three. And it's insane to me that people don't understand how hard jobs are, where you're doing that shit. And it's so important that if you have a job like that, you believe that this is your fucking purpose. Because when guys have asked me that, they're like, I don't know how you do this. And I'm like, because I genuinely believe that this is why I'm here. I believe that this is what I'm supposed to do. And knowing that means that, how can I be angry when I'm doing that, which I was put on this planet to do? Yep. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, if I 100%. didn't have that mentality, I would have fucking stop forever ago. Yep. You know Dude, what I mean? Like
2: I got a story real quick, yep. like just to put kind of what you just said into context, man. Like I think I had like six months on the job. Yep. Right. PD. Uh, yeah. The police department. And, uh, and I get a call for a suicidal subject, we get a lot of those calls. And a lot of them are they they become um if you're not careful, like you can it's very easy to get complacent with that because for the most ninety nine percent of them, you go there, you talk to the person, and then we get them help, right? Yep. Like they, they go seek help. Um this one was like a Tuesday afternoon. I remember I get a call like over by a, a body of water. Um a young man wants to wants to harm himself. Um I I see his car parked in the parking lot. I walk down this trail. He's hiding in the bushes. I'm with a, a firefighter uh, at the time because this guy this young man was a firefighter. Um, and so he's we, we we didn't see him. We walked down this trail, don't see him anywhere. We're gonna get a bird up in the air and look for him. Um, so we they tell us to come out so they can see the bird can see the heat signatures. Uh, on our way out, I stopped to talk on the radio. This this firefighter um stops and he starts pointing and he's telling me that this guy that we're looking for is down in this area um so i walk up um this young man has like his back to me and he's probably i don't know maybe like 20 feet away probably less dude 15 feet something like that he doesn't see me he's got his back to me um and a round goes off and it goes over my head like over, over my shoulder, like snaps, like quick, quick enough, it drops me to the ground or I go to a knee. Um, my backdrop is like, it's a, it's a pond. My backdrop across the pond are all these families that have stopped and gathered to watch what the police are doing. Right. So this guy goes down, uh, he's screaming. Um, I call out, you know, shots been fired. Not by, not by me, um, obviously, but, um, so we we run up on this dude and he's got a gunshot wound in the chest dies right at my feet right mm-hmm. we clear that call i go across the street like two like two blocks like across the main thoroughfare, and some guy just starts chewing my ass because um because he called the police 45 minutes ago before two teenagers smoking weed in his like dearest backyard and wanted to know why what the heck took me so long that he's a fuck. taxpayer right and then you go to the next call and the next call. And like now, nowadays, I think if you, if you saw something like that or, you know, if the rounds flying over your shoulder, they'd send you home. But like, I mean, I got shot on a search warrant before, like barely missed my knee. I went to work that day. You know what I mean? Like, or the next day or something like that. Think about this, dude. Like think of same thing with, uh, with veterans, right? Like for an IED, right? Mm-hmm. Your truck gets blown up. Mm-hmm. What do you do? If you're not hurt, they put you in another truck and you just, continue the patrol. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happened to me. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so like, imagine this dude, like, like, uh, if you were to go to, so for like the civilians that are listening, right. If you were to go to, um, to work and you get into a car accident, right. And you're fine. Your car is totaled. You're fine. Would you get into it? Would you get like a rental and just go to work? right like no nobody that would that would be right. crazy right? right like and everybody would look at you like bro you're crazy don't right. do that you need to go process that Right. you're involved in some serious shit right but like for this type for for veterans or or police officers or firefighters like people that are around this stuff like that's that's part of the job man and they have to they so if they're if they're short with you maybe they you don't know the call that they just came from you know what i'm saying i'm not justifying it i try to look right. at it when i'm talking to people i try to think of it like how I would, I need to be mindful of how I'm coming across to the person I'm dealing with. Cause on the same note that nobody ever calls the police when they're having a good day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to let you know, yeah, like these cupcakes. Hey, yeah, come on, on over
0: here. Great. No, yeah, man. As it's as can can. like
2: every time they're calling the police is one of the worst days of their life. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I try to keep that in mind. Like I'm, I am try to be mindful of how I'm coming off when I'm speaking to them. Maybe that's something other people keep in mind too. You know what I'm
0: saying? And it, that's, that's, a hell of a fucking uh, task to master. Because again, it's like you have no idea when you're coming across anybody. And I always try to think about that shit too. When I run into somebody in public or somebody cuts me off or whatever the case may be, what kind of day are they having? Right. What happened to them? Like I, to expect somebody I, to expect any human being to go through an insanely traumatic situation, like the one that you just said, and then to just hop to the next call. In my opinion, in the future, they're going to look back at us and like, you guys were fucking crazy. Yeah, like you guys just expected, and and for the public to not understand that, or to just try to be cognizant about, it. like, yeah, I get you're dealing with some stuff, but you have no idea what i just saw what i just dealt with and it's like you can prepare yourself all you want for these shitty terrible situations but it's almost like after that situation your guards down a little bit because you're emotionally exhausted or whatever the case may be and then somebody comes in and says some shit like that and i don't even know how to describe I guess the pain because it's like you're angry but also depressed but also like I I can't make you feel how I feel. If you knew how I fucking felt, if you could feel the way that I feel right now for a split second you would apologize. You would go back to fuck in your house. You would be like I don't know how the fuck you do what you do. You know right.
2: what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean it's uh, I, at the time I kind of like laughed about it like wow. Right. Man, like that because this dude was more emotionally invested like more upset about right. You know some, you know, a couple kids smoking weed mm-hmm. in his backyard mm-hmm. that, or next to it, you know, than I was at the time or, or that I was portraying, you know, what I mean, like yeah. there's a battle going on, I'm sure, inside, but it's just like, wow, man, like that's that's how that we live very different lives, you know, that's kind of how I chucked yep. it
0: up too. Um, so yeah, there was a there's a comedian actor, Russell Brand, and uh, he was talking on his podcast once about something similar, which I th- not similar, but he, was, he brought something up that I thought was interesting where he said that, like, If you really want to find enlightenment, if you're seeking enlightenment, you don't find it necessarily by just meditating in a controlled environment. You find it when you are in traffic and you're late for something and you're pissed off and you're sitting there and you're seething and someone cuts you off. That's the moment you try to find enlightenment. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But anyway. so. Yes, if you don't have, if you don't understand what your purpose is, especially when you're dealing with traumatic situations, like fuck, I, it makes it that much harder. So it's why I think it's so important to understand what your purpose is. Um, the next one on uh, this was setting goals, making decisions. So again, once you've determined your general purpose and your big life goals, you got to decide specifically how you will reach these goals, and then make the needed changes. Are you going to break up with your your toxic partner? Are you going to move to a new city? Are you going to go back to school? You have to set short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals for yourself. I think that's really important because again, like we said before, when you set long-term goals and you don't have any other benchmarks, it's daunting because you're just like looking at all the shit that you have to accomplish and you're not understanding how much you've already accomplished. That's why I think setting short-term goals is so important. taking a new route. Do something different and surprise yourself. You'll probably learn something you didn't know about who you are and what you can do. One of the best ways to jolt yourself out of a life that you might not be satisfied with is to do something completely different. Go on a trip to someplace you've never been. Start learning a language. Take up a new sport, exercise. Even though you're going to be terrible at it, give something new a try. Trying new things mentally and physically challenges us and also gives us a fresh excitement for life so we can see the endless possibilities for the next day. So yeah, unknown is fucking scary, but it's equally scary to do what you know and continue down a disappointing and unsatisfying path. Um, I can think of a lot of, not a lot, but I can think of guys that I went to high school with and I'm not knocking any profession or whatever, but like they went from high school to college they always thought they knew what they were going to do they got a you know a more vanilla-ish type of job they realized that they didn't love it like they do and now they've been working in that job for 15 years now and you can see it you can see it in their eyes that they're like fuck they're just here yeah. they're, they're just surviving day by day they don't have that purpose they don't have that thing and i think that's what in, it kind of spurs these like midlife crisis Existential crisis situation because you don't have your purpose. You're looking for your purpose, even if that's volunteering with a nonprofit like Sleep in Heavenly Peace or Fat or whoever. Like you gotta find those little things to help give you that purpose. Happy, right? Yeah, and you know, like, and I think,
2: I think part of that too is like what a lot of veterans um, have been blessed with or, or first responders in, and blessed is an awkward. Maybe that's part of our dark humor, I guess, but, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you have, if, if everyone, if anyone's ever tried to kill you or you have a near death experience, you very quickly understand that, you know, this isn't forever, man, I get one life. Mm hmm. And I don't have time. I don't. I can't waste one day being unhappy, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. like every moment is part of this story, and I don't know when it's going to end. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I know that it can happen. I've, I've It's almost happened to me, um, and so being able to. If you can cast those, I'm like, you guys both said it, man. Like, I'm a big believer in, in trying to turn, you know, bad, inf- you know, negative um, experiences into a positive, too. Yeah. And that's, and I believe everything happens for a reason, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, that uh, if you look at those things, like that's all part of that of your of your path, man, and like your story. And if you can if you can learn from from that and move forward, a, a better
0: person, then then you're blessed for having survived it. You know. Then and like, I don't know what is more humbling than like a near death experience, yeah. like a genuine near death experience. You you can think whatever you want about yourself. Yeah. You hit that IED or that round. You hear that round whiz by you, or whatever the case it is, and you're just like, "I was almost not fucking here." Yeah, and, and the universe would have gone on without me, right? You and know like what I'm saying, and we talked about earlier, like, and it it.
2: It, it puts your life like it, it lays everything out very clearly yes right this is what matters. i know exactly what matters now yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it ain't and it isn't necessarily my paycheck dude right. it isn't like that nice new car right or this big fancy house right it's the people dude
0: 100 right? percent.
2: I, I don't know I, I don't think you've hit it. maybe it's on your list further down mm-hmm. but like the importance of balance oh that's something i struggle with to yeah. this day yeah bro yeah. like like we talked a little bit about it last night like for me it was like uh you know dude when i was when i was super focused on on training right mm-hmm. and um fighting and and whatnot that's this literally all i looked at man because i wanted to be good at this tat ta- at at um at this, in this profession, right mm-hmm. in this field, and I was, mm-hmm. but I wasn't living my best life, dude. And that, and I was following like the Marine Corps standards, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you know, um, I, I had to up before the enemy, like on a flag downstairs. It was it was painted downstairs in my gym, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and I meant that, mm-hmm. dude. like, uh, you know, someone out there is, tra- is training to like to kill me, and yep. I need to be, I need to be up before him. I need yep. to, be, I need to train harder for, than him, um, but what I didn't understand is there has to be a balance, bro. Like there has to be, to be whole. It's that whole like yin and yang. Thing, mm-hmm. Like, um, so, you know, one time, one time I'm on my way to the gym and, uh, my buddy calls me up and he's like, Hey dude, what do you know about kale? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Kale, like, (laughs) is this the wrong number? Like, who, who what are you talking? He's like, yeah, dude, my kale is work. And I'm like, bro, like I was almost like insulted. Like (laughs) he called me. Like, dude, I'm not. How dare you ask me about kale, bro? And he's, yeah, dude. And he's, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, a Marine Corps veteran as well. And I'm like, bro, I don't know. You figure out your cat. Ke- like, there's Google, <laughs> bro. But I'm on my way to the gym to get better. Like, you're I'm gonna be harder. Like whatever. Yeah, dude. Like, like, you're soft. Like, get me. out of here, man. And I straight <laughs> yeah. up told him. I said, dude, it's better to be a warrior in a garden <laughs> than a, garden than a garden than gardener, gardener in the war. But yep. that—that's not. I mean, there's some truth to that, dude. Yeah. But but to be, to, if you want to be a whole person, bro, you have to have that warrior and that gardener, dude, or that farmer. Like, you, like. Um, You know, like, you know, to be a, for me, like, you know, to be a strong man, like what I have to be that protector, dude, but I, but I have to be able to, you know, nourish my children as well, dude, like, and comfort them and care for them too. So sure. I could be a really strong protector of my family. Right. But if I have that barrier up, then my kids are just like, man, this guy's strong. I don't want to mess with that guy. You know what I mean? Like, no, I feel, I feel safe. Like he's not going to let anybody hurt me. I don't feel close to to him. Right. I'm not going to know what's going on inside their brains. Right. Yeah. 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 But if I take time, like with my little girls doing laying on the like I got, got one year old twin daughters now and we're laying on the couch and I'm using words like snuggle. You know Damn. what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> that's so cute, baby. I'm talking to all these crazy. And do you know what, dude? Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, because I'm happy, man. Yes. And, and you know, like we talked about being numb earlier, like before I was numb and now, because, because being, becoming numb is blocking out those emotions believe it or not, like to, to us, we understand it. That that's the easy part, dude. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. very easy to do. Yeah. Just not deal with it. That's simple. Facing those things, man, that's hard. Yes. Right. Because when you feel it, dude, then it becomes real and yes. you'll feel all of it. There's no like kind of feeling it. You'll feel it all. Yes. And that's, what's hard, man. But dude, but once you, when you get past that, like there, it's also, you feel good too. And, and that's like, that's life has this new flavor, man. And and you, you won't get that if you don't
0: have that balance, you know what I'm saying? Agreed. I think it's a new, it's like a new level of confidence that you have in yourself. Because I think when you have that, I don't know, military mindset, you get out, whatever you have this idea of what you're supposed to be. You have this perception of what, okay, this is who I need to be to other people because this is what I've done. This is who I am. And I think it's, you really learn, like you just said, for me, when I had girls, when I had daughters, because then I learned in that moment, I don't give a fuck what anyone's perception of me is more than theirs. Right. Like I'll do whatever I'll fucking have tea parties, nails, do their hair. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And in that moment, I don't feel weak because of that. I feel stronger because I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm just having a good time with my daughters because they're going to know that I love them enough to shed whatever those preconceived perceptions are of myself to make sure that they are having a good time, that we are having good quality time together. So I 100% agree with that. When we were talking last night, one thing I didn't bring up that I told you I wanted to bring up um, that you reminded me of when you talked about that was... um, are you familiar with Miyamoto Musashi? I know the name. So he's a 16th century Ronin, right? So he was a samurai without a master. He was arguably the greatest swordsman who have ever lived. He perfected the two sword fighting style. He believed that the way that he could find enlightenment was by being the best fucking warrior there is. And he did. Over the course of his life, he got in over 60 some battles. Most of them were one-on-one. He fucking won every single one. The legend, the stories about him are insane. Like he had a wooden training sword, still fucking brain and dudes. And when he reached his enlightenment, he got to a point where he said, I am proficient at this. And so what he did after that was... He put down the swords. He went to the top of a fucking mountain. He wrote a book and then he became the master of the tea ceremony. He became an artist. He became a paint, like a painter, a sculptor. And I have this picture upstairs um, and it's called the Shrike and it's one of his, it's obviously a fucking reprint or whatever. And they talk about it. in his book, The Book of Five Rings, which is all about his two sword fighting style. The narrator in the prologue talks about this painting, The Shrike, and that's why I got it. And it's this bird sitting on this really long uh, piece of grass. And when you're looking at it, like you can almost tell that the artist was a swordsman. And he called, the, he called it a courageous brushstroke like this, like a fucking sword, right? And then there's a bird sitting on top of it. And I loved that because, like you said, I mean, it's balance. He didn't just continue that lifestyle. He did it. He mastered it. And one of the things that Musashi said that's one of my favorite quotes is, know the way broadly and see it in all things. So he became enlightened through his fighting style. And then he took the pieces from that and applied that same mentality to becoming good at other things. And I love that story, especially when it comes to like veterans, combat veterans and shit like that, because it's to say like the things that you learned, they can help you become the next person that you're going to become. It's not like it holds you fucking back. You know what I mean? Who you what you did in your 20s is not doesn't have to be
2: the person you are today. No, you know what I'm saying like that yeah. just that just adds to your story, man. Like that's that's part of
0: it. Man. From, from a biological perspective, I think I read before, I don't know, somebody can check me on this, but like every 7 years I think, like every cell in your body re is like it, it's renewed or whatever. Like you get rid of the old cells, you get the new cells. So essentially like every seven years, you're pretty much a fucking different person, more or less from a biological yeah. perspective. So yeah. Um, okay, next one. And I like this one. Um, get over yourself. So... You have to understand if you want to start new at anything, you have to know that you don't know everything. You're going to make mistakes. Those, those mistakes are important. Knowing certain information does not make you a better person. It just makes you more knowledgeable about some things. So you have to ask yourself, is knowledge uh, the thing that I desire or is it the ability to prove something to others that I desire? You have to ask yourself why that matters and if that makes you happy. So, I mean, yeah. That easy, You got to stay humble no matter what the fuck you do. It's easy for all of us to stay humble because we're married and we have kids. <laughs> and if you want to stay humble, just get married and have kids. Right. You're going to get humbled every yeah. fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I like that one. Uh, the other one, rely on others and asking for help, especially. Yeah, you know, That's a, yes. super important. You have to know uh, that if you don't know everything and you know what you're good at, There's some things that you might need to ask somebody else for help with, and that's okay. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you smart and it makes you resourceful. You have to know that it's okay to ask for help. And that's, that's a hard thing for a lot of people, myself included for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. I had a hard,
2: I had a hard time with that, like my whole life, but you know, you, YouTube can only teach you so much, man. Right. Like, yeah. Especially when you're, like, when you're trying to start a farm, like, when you're raising livestock, you're not, it's not just, like, feed them and, like, give them water. Yeah. It's not like a dog. Yeah. Like, you got to be a vet. You got to figure out how to, uh, how to deliver these animals. Shit. Bro, I, yeah. I, I didn't even know, dude. Like, I've been there for all five of my children's uh, my children' birth, but I I wasn't like an active participant. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the uh,
0: we got a pretty easy job as a guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, hey, babe, you're doing
2: great. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, just breathe, breathe, whatever. (laughs) But to be the guy that, like, to be the guy that's like that. Uh, this that's running this thing man Like, i don't even that's a lot dude uh and then to figure out how to do it with Mm. with uh you know cows and goats and pigs i mean they pretty much handle it it's not right but if there's a problem you have to right like how to turn that baby around or or whatever Um, so so i i don't know how to do that but i've been very i'm learning um but if if it wasn't for like the support staff man like asking people like questions. What do I need? What do I need to even be successful at this? Right. And then having, uh, you know, having friends that are coming out and, and willing to help, it's okay to ask for help. Yes. Um,
1: it's good to have it too. Like you're, you're blessed if you have it, you know? Hell yeah. It's that Western mentality
0: that we have Western.
1: No, like the Western, just like the, what's in it for me, like oh. shying away from like the, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's where the asking for help kind of just, tanked. It does. Or just being embarrassed that you have to ask for
2: help too. Like that was yeah. for me like, no, I'm, I'm I'm macho enough. Like I can handle it. You know what I mean? There's nothing I can't do by myself. No, man, that's not that's not cool because when they need help, like I would love to help my neighbors. You know yes. what I mean? But no, if, absolutely. And I want them to, I, I want my friends to be able to come to me to ask for help. Yes. You know what I mean? But how? what better way to show them that than me
0: ask them what yes. I need? It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So And when you m- don't make a big deal about it, like, right. people have come to my assistance on so many occasions, and I'm so appreciative. I'm so incredibly appreciative every time because I don't think about any time I help anybody, it doesn't register as like this is a very specific moment in my life. It's like this is what we're supposed to do. Like, I think the mission first mentality, like with a nonprofit, especially, like when I first started Fat, I was always trying to work with other nonprofits because the overall goal is to make the world better. I don't care what nonprofit you are. The overall goal is to improve, to leave the world in a better place than the one that we found, right? And you find your niche of like, I think I can do it by building beds for kids. I think I can do it by taking care of these dogs. I think I can do it by working with veterans. And so if that's the mission, that's the overall mission, then I don't fucking care. Who gets credit for shit? Right. I don't care. Like who's doing what? Like, hey, let's just all get together and let's just move forward. And that's how it gets done. And it's easier and it's faster if you just go forward that way. Yeah. In doing so, I found a lot of nonprofits that like did not want to fucking work with another nonprofit really? because it's like they only think it's one pot of money. And they're like, okay, we're all getting same pot of money. You know what I mean? Like, for example, and I'm not going to slam any any organization, but like CSL reaches out because we do some stuff with CSL, which is a really big pharmaceutical company in our area, probably the biggest employer in our area in Kankakee County. right? And they're like, when we do some cool stuff with them, and they said, hey, for Veterans Day, we want you guys to come out here. And uh, they wanted us to go out there to spread information about what veterans are doing, or what we're doing for, for local veterans. And I said, awesome. If we're going to do that, will you allow me to bring in all the other organizations that do things for veterans? Because If the mission is to help veterans, I don't give a shit if you find that with me as long if, if you get linked up with buddy check two, two, and you're like, Hey man, I like what these guys are doing. Great. Get with them. We need as much help as we can to achieve the mission. Right. And the only way we're going to get that help is if we all continue to work together. And thankfully, like when, it, when you talk about asking for help, how fucking important are like mentors? Like I am so thankful that when I first started this, I got connected with the CEOs of some big nonprofits. One of them is Rush um, at Rush Hospital, the Road Home program, which is an amazing program. And the CEO's name is Will Byersdorf. And right from the beginning, like when he and I started talking, he was like, the biggest compliment he gave me was he said, "You remind me of me." He said, I'm going to keep checking in on you, see how things are going. And he fucking does. It's been years later and he still calls me every once in a while. Like, Hey man, how's everything going? Where's everything at? And I can talk to him about shit and he'll give me his opinion on things. And I genuinely appreciate that opinion. Cause, because if you want to be the biggest dude in the gym, what do you do? You go find the biggest dude in the gym right. and you ask him what the fuck he's doing. Like, how can you get, how can you be successful at anything? If you don't have those fucking mentors too, dude. you know what I mean? Right. Um, the next one, also very important, preparing for moments of weakness. Sometimes you feel like your new plan isn't working and you want to revert back to that old life. You want to quit. You have to plan for these moments. Getting rid of the junk food if you're a stress eater, deleting the ex's phone number, having moments of weakness is totally common. Um, when, when was your guys' like last moment of weakness? Uh, last night when the cows were out, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, dude. But you know what, dude? Like,
2: uh, but we laugh about it, man. You You have to you, what else are you gonna do? Right? We're gonna get them back in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and it's all, it's all in how you view those things, man. Because, one, I gotta remember that you know, my, my, my children are always watching and they're part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, you know, working cattle or, or, especially moving pigs is frustrating. Especially pigs, man, because they're smart. Yep. And they'll figure out like he wants me to go here, so I would go every other direction, yeah. but that way. Yep. Um. So you know, we're not perfect at it because tensions can run high. Um, but you know, sometimes you just got to laugh about it, man. Just like,
0: Hey man, like (laughs) I credit the military for that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, you're right. When you go through shit overseas, you don't have a lot of fucking options. And so in my opinion, especially depending on how traumatic it is, and I'm not saying to make, I'm not saying that you can just make light of someone's death or depending on like the type of traumatic shit you're subjected to over there. But it's like, you sort of have two options. You can figure out a way to make a, Joke about this shit yeah. and get through it a little bit better, or you can stuff it all down deep and it's gonna fuck you up <laughs> yeah. at some point, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, the last two, um, celebrating your progress. Remember, you got to acknowledge all progress towards your new goal. Some of your milestones might be in the very long term, like we talked about. Sometimes you can lose sight of what you're working towards, but instead, you got to remember that the long run is a bunch of shorter runs and celebrate your successes along the way. And the last and, one. Zyaki.
1: As I say, and sometimes you just lose sight. Ah, <laughs>
0: just, sorry. <laughs> that was so stupid. Hold on. <laughs> That's the one uh, so uh, stupid. I'm sorry. That wasn't stupid. <laughs> I loved it. I think that um, it's also obviously it's super important to let yourself know. It's not like you're trying to just pat yourself on the back no matter what. But it's like if you fucking accomplish something, just tell yourself. Not, don't make a huge deal about it, but at least tell yourself like, hey, I'm I'm proud of myself for achieving this fucking thing. Oh, you know bro, what I'm saying? Yeah, you're hitting it right out of the head. So, like,
2: I don't care. What what size task we I do with my sons on the farm, right? Like, yeah, we always take stock. I tell them this: like we're gonna we're gonna take five minutes, take stock of what we did today, and we'll just walk around and look at it. I, that doesn't matter if it's like sweeping the floor of the barn. Like, hey, man, remember what it looked like before? Now look what it looks like. I really like that. Yeah. We, yeah. At the end of every day, like, or any time where I, I shouldn't say every day, but if we're out there doing work, man, like, we're going to be our last task once we get
0: things cleaned up or finished up is, all right, let's take a stock of what we did. You're making so, it visual. You're making it more real. Like you said, that moment with your son when he yeah. bought the soldiers and he like got it in that moment. Yeah. You're just trying to re, I don't know, just like reiterate that. Yep, I like that. That's a really good point. And uh, the last one is keep moving. Life is always evolving. So you should be too um adapt or die is something i've always agreed with uh stopping to smell the roses embracing the moment is one thing but simply stopping and standing still is another you don't want your life to become stagnant again there are always new people new opportunities and new experiences waiting for you if you should decide to seek them out so i agree i loved all that um yeah so i thought other than that do you guys have any other thoughts about starting over just start let's fucking do it just do do it it. like you know if you you know
2: if you wait for like, you know, the perfect time or the, the perfect thing, man, like you're gonna be waiting forever or, or you, you know, you want to do all the research. I'm not saying, you know, just dive in both two feet, like blind, like my wife and I did. Cause that's kind of like, that, that can be a struggle too. Right. And that's, and, 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 uh, so definitely do your research, but don't think that you have to learn everything about it and plan for every single contingency. Like you're going to learn along the way. And, and that's, that's part of the journey, man. Like that's that's part of that growth, is uh, is trial and error. Like we talked about, man. Just start, just do it. Start with your. Ch- I say, find your chickens, man. Like yeah, whatever it is, dude. Like for me, it was chickens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: You know, find your chickens, whatever that is, man. Just and, and and start, just do it. How important though is that? I'm glad you touched on that because it's like, again, especially if you're a like I'll say like logical type of person, you're gonna you can easily sit there and what if something. All day, yeah. Bef- and then before you realize it, it's been all day, and you haven't accomplished anything because you were just sitting there thinking about, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Blah 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 blah. Like, just starting something is so important in and of itself. Like this fucking podcast, dude. We talked about it for like a long time. Yep. And then I was getting into the weeds, reading up on like this software, this camera, this microphone. Like, what I got to do for this? How production's going to work? And it got to the point where I could have. I I was so scared to start doing something because of all the studying that I had done about it. And you're reading what works and what doesn't work, and this expert versus that expert. No matter what you're doing, and then it. Thank you, thankfully, to our producer, Jake. Yep. Jake was like, "Dude, just come in our my studio and let's just start recording." And I was like, "Fuck, all right, yeah." <laughs> and yeah. sometimes it's just starting it
2: yeah because you you go down this road and you think oh it, like you want to do it and then you'll learn about it so much that you're like wow this is like this is so you learn too much about it yeah, yeah. it's so hard it's it like yeah. it's it's almost like it beats you down instead of just right. starting man learn it for yourself just just go do it man Yep. like it's not uh you know, I would don't bet the bank on whatever you're going to do it with, right. you know, like you need to test the waters a little bit, but you got to
0: start it. You yes. Start. Yes. And that will Encourage and motivate you to continue doing what you're doing, right? And you have to start learning on the fly with some stuff because, again, otherwise you're just spending all the time thinking about what if, and you're not actually getting anything done. And write
2: down like attainable goals, man. Yeah, and and they don't have to be huge things, like little mile markers, yeah. Like and and take pride in those little things. Like I remember our first egg, right? Like the first egg that we had to the nesting box, and it was like and. And, you know, like that went from getting our first, our first five chicks, um, and learning about, you know, building the brooding box and, and everything that goes, like feeding them every single day, right. Building a coop, having friends and family coming over and, and visiting them and helping us build the coop, uh, taking care of them every day. Cause it's not, chickens don't just like lay, like when they're a couple of weeks old, like right. it's, it's six months, you know, before yeah. those birds start laying. So all those things that like we go out one day and we have this little tiny egg cause they're they're, they first start laying eggs they're really small but it's like even though that was so small there was so much work and effort and the story to that was so long it was just a beautiful little brown egg hell yeah I we all that. we all fried it up, man. We all had like you know like a crumb out of it or something <laughs> like that, dude. It was it was pretty cool,
0: but it was it was so, that benchmark, yeah. It was that mile marker to let you know it, like this shit's real, right? And
2: and so from that, now we're pumping out, you know, not this time of year, but we we pump out dozens of eggs every week, man. yeah. So, but but I enjoy that in my mind that first that little bitty egg that first one that we have is, is sweeter to me than the dozens that
0: we pump out nowadays, man. Cause that's kind of, that's where it started. You know? Yeah. I mean, you understand why like bars and restaurants, that first dollar bill yep. fucking mm-hmm. goes right on the wall. Yeah. Cause they remember that the most. take
2: stock in that. Yes. You
0: know? Like, yes, I agree.
2: Stay hungry for sure. But, but, uh, but yeah, recognize those little things, but it take time to
0: recognize those little things. Oh yeah. It'll keep you motivated. Other than that, what else is coming up from an event perspective for Wild Hearts Farm? Wild Hearts Farm, we, we just uh,
2: we we have our uh, farm camp is coming up uh in June to July. That's on wildheartsfarm.org. Those yep. days are already up. Uh, we'll have our events out in February for the next year. We're starting to herd share. Getting that raw milk. You ever had some raw milk? Mm-mm. You gotta treat yourself, guys. Oh shit! Hook you up. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have four cows of milk. Um, by June, uh, but besides that, same old stuff. Normally, uh, our the first event of the year is our um Easter extravaganza. It's like a big Easter egg hunt out in April. So start that
0: thing off. We'll have those dates up in, in February. Hopefully, get our Halloween party yes going dude. on over there this year because we couldn't last year because of the fucking weather. Yeah, and hopefully this year doing some more stuff out there. Yeah, like cool. My daughter had such a good time at farm camp. We're probably going to be sending her back again yeah. this year. It like, was awesome, dude. Like that's such just, a great time.
2: Yeah. Seeing kids outside and, and uh, you know, nobody's at, none, none of the little ones are asking about like their phones. They just want to learn about the chicken today, man. Or yeah. why is the, why is the color? Like, the, like it's literally just, we need a break from, from screens, man. Like, right. It's seeing, seeing kids outside climbing on stuff, asking questions, like hearing, hearing my hundred-year-old barn like the laughter just a rolling yeah little kids man
0: like their imagination going it's it's pretty cool It's a fun thing and that precipitates after that like because my daughter my oldest daughter is very inquisitive so she goes to farm camp and then she comes home and she wants to learn more about how to raise a chicken she wants to learn more about cows she wants to learn about whatever and isn't that what you want as a parent like your kid to be asking these questions, to want to learn, not just stare at a screen like you said, right. and that's and the best way to do and it.
2: They're exactly. They're not learning from looking at this, they're right. learning by doing, Right? you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, uh, to me, it's beautiful, man. I love, I love seeing kids
0: outside. I got the picture stuff. of Lily milking the cow. Somewhere yeah. with you, yeah. And like, if you would have asked me if I thought she would do it, I'd been like, "Fucking no way." <laughs> There's no way she would do it. But she was in there with a giant, genuine smile on her face. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because she was that she was getting something out of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool,
2: and we find that like, it doesn't matter. Wh- That's what's so cool about. The farm for us is like our visitors come from, you know, local area, you know, yep. for all around uh, Kankey County or an hour south of us, or we've had people come from like north of Rockford down, oh, down to us or yeah. like the Chicago, a lot of people come from Chicago, man. So all these different backgrounds, uh, but and, you know, they probably wouldn't be talking if they were out at the bar someplace, right? Right. They're here. They're on our farm. And very quickly we find common ground and we realize that like, we're not all that different. Right. Like, like the, there's, there's a reason that everybody wants their, that many people want their, their kids to experience or to come out and check this out. It's like simple's better. You know what I mean? Yep. We, we live very busy lives. So to kind of, to, to slow down and come out and, uh, kind of reconnect with nature. There's something about that. And, and, uh the satisfaction you, know, you get by cool. working with your hands yeah dude And just learn to do things and yeah. like the fresh air man and like yes it's just it's that's that's my piece man like yeah man, it's uh it's nice i drive an hour uh to work every day but i wouldn't drive that you know i have no problem doing that for 30 years man because yeah. get away from all that Yeah, and it's uh i don't know that's
0: my little slice of heaven dude yep. what's the website Wild Heart wildheartsfarm.org. We'll yeah. include that in the episode description. What about with Beacon? You think i coming up with Beacon? Yeah,
2: Beacon, we do a lot of stuff with, uh, I guess I didn't explain what Beacon Training Group mm-hmm. is. So Beacon is, um, Beacon Training Group is an active threat response company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we train, it's all um, Marine Corps veterans that, that own it. Um, and we train uh, police officers firefighters dispatchers so the first responder side uh, as well as civilians um, in active threat response nice so uh, kind of a one-stop shop for that mm-hmm. um, so in the wintertime we we tend to train a lot of schools um, and then in like the spring and the fall we we mostly do police departments and, and nice. fire departments so where can people learn
0: more about that? BeaconTradingGroup.org. beacontraininggroup.org That'll also be in the episode description. Okay. Other than that, Craig, I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, thanks, dude for around, like, thanks for coming on, man. me. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah. Definitely got to do it again. Definitely got to get some raw milk. Yeah. Packy goes out there and he fucking talks about it all the time. Yeah, dude. He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is one of those dudes that puts a lot of fucking research yeah. into everything that he does. Yeah. And when I told him... Like that we were uh, just that we were friends and grabbing a beer that one time blah 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 he's like oh shit you know Craig I'm like yeah I fucking know Craig and he was I'm pretty sure he was talking to me about the fucking milk and he said like the same thing that you were saying about yeah, it. like bro you gotta get on this raw milk it's like drinking, he knows what he's doing yeah it's like cold silk man
2: I was never I was never a, a milk guy before yeah. before I got that cow and like now it's like dude we 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 dried up um, our cow before we went on vacation so we were drinking uh, the store bought stuff for like two or three weeks and it literally it. Like, I was drinking toilet water. I'm like, we got to stop this.
1: Really? It was Fuck. like that. Bro. Oh, All right.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. I'm, I'm so. going to be, <clears throat> I'm going to try that. I'm yeah. definitely going to try that. Maybe we could do another episode about raw milk. <laughs> a whole episode about raw milk. Because you're about Fucking to get yeah, me out of
2: my soapbox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for the next episode about raw milk. And uh, again, just thank you very much for what you do. Thank you for Thanks. being here. Really appreciate it, my friend. Oh, it was a good time. Um, Thank you again for listening. Make sure to check the episode description so you can follow Craig and all the amazing stuff that they're doing. Uh, Make sure you check us out on projectheadspaceandtiming.org. We got a peer support group for veterans every Monday night at 7 p.m. Guardian Concepts in Kankakee that's been steadily growing for the past year and a half, which is awesome. Do an axe strogan. uh, axe throwing league right now on Thursday nights at 7 PM and splitting targets free for any veteran. You just got to register. Cause we only got 12 spots and we got a lot of other stuff coming up too. So make sure you check out uh project headspace and Other than that brand new year, maybe it's brand new. You hope you got something out of this episode and we will be sure to, uh, do our best to support you in any way that we can. So until next time, thanks for tuning in.